Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller. And in this show, we live awake to the world around us so that we can transform our lives and step fearlessly into our divine destiny. Remember, friend, you are strong and capable. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller, and I have Miss Hannah Cruz on today. You want to say hey, Hannah? Hello, everybody. So excited <laughs> to be here. Hannah is a ball of light. I spent, oh my gosh, I found Hannah because my daughter sent me to her page, her Instagram page is a mom. You have to check it out. And then I spent like the next hour just scrolling and laughing my head off. You are amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. That's funny. How old is your daughter? She's 19, married and in college. You are kidding. Oh my goodness. You do not look like you have a 19 year old, but that really cracks me up. That's super cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She's an amazing human. So when she says, go check this out, I listen. She's, like, <laughs> she's more mature than I am most of the time. <laughs> Well, maybe you and I will get along because I'm very immature sometimes, <laughs> very immature. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She was like a three-year-old dictating to me like, now what are we doing? What's the schedule, mom? Like, do we need a timeout? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. How are you meal prepping this week, mom? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We all need somebody like that in our life, even if it's our daughter <laughs> for real. <laughs> Well, I mean, however it comes, apparently I know I needed every day, all day long, somebody's yes. life. <laughs> That's right. I know. Same, same here, girlfriend preaching to the choir here. Oh man. Anyway. So this month we're talking about being fearless in your faith. You know, what does that look like to be fearless in your faith and how can you do it? And Hannah's a great, great example, because that's exactly what you do. Your Instagram is all about your faith. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, the actualization of being fearless, totally really fearless is when you can joke about it Yeah, and actually find the humor and, and be totally secure with where you're at. Cause that's mm-hmm. what brings that laughter is you're just, yeah, you're good. And that's Thanks. what I see in you. So mm-hmm. how did this happen, Hannah? How did you get to this place <laughs> where you're like able to pretend like you're the Kardashians, but really you're Rachel and you know, how, how did this happen? Well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head whenever you talked about security. And I think that so often um, women and people just in general tend to, as they're growing in their walk with the Lord, as they're growing as human beings, so often insecurity can be the thing that holds them back from their God-ordained destiny and their God-ordained purpose. And so really finding my identity and who I was in Christ Jesus first and being so secure in who I was in him and who he saw me as, the ins- any insecurities that I might have had or wonderings about what the purpose of my life was or what I was supposed to be doing to serve others or to help others or who I was in my identity itself, all of that started to kind of fade away. The fear started to fade away. The insecurity started to fade away. The comparison started to fade away. And I started to become who I feel like the Lord really intended on me being in the first place. And so when I realized that, and I fell so deeply in love with who he was and who he says that I was, that all of a sudden opened up all kinds of doors 
and really opened my eyes as to, okay, this Lord, you want me to do something very powerful with my life. And I feel like if so many of us can just get to that place of falling so madly in love with the Lord and falling so madly in love with, with seeking him in reading his word. And I think that's also another key with me personally in my own personal life is whenever I really started reading the word of God and actually reading what it says and pondering it and digesting it, I could feel it rewiring my brain and rewiring my perception and rewiring the things that I would think and, and really allowing me to see reality for what it truly was. And that just really broke down lots of walls within my own heart that I know for a fact were stunting me and stunting the purpose that God might've had for me. So I feel like that really was the key for me. And I've been a Christian my whole life. I feel like, I, I mean, I asked Jesus in my heart when I was like four years old. And so that's really all I've ever known is, is knowing that I have a savior who loves me enough to have died for me. And that always, I always had a passion for that. And I always knew like, this is something so much greater than me. And I love him for that. I love him for what he's done. But throughout my life, I still had those, those uh, qualities and character traits within me that would cause me problems that would cause me to run into brick walls or run into uh, brick walls with relationships or with careers or with, uh, you know, just certain things that I was walking through within my own life. And I would never know what, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, what the heck is wrong? Why can't I move past this? Why does it feel like others might be like running past me? And yet I know I have a purpose for my life, but something's missing. I'm hitting a brick wall here. I don't know what to do to get out of this funk that I feel like I'm in and I'm, I'm making bad decision after bad decision, but I say I'm a Christian and I say, I love the Lord what's wrong. And so I feel like whenever I've gone through all these trials and tribulations and learning experiences and becoming a wife, becoming a mom, I started to decide, you know what? I need to do more than just pray, uh, play worship music and go to church and say, I'm a Christian. I need to really start reading the word of God. I need to really start seeing what it says because it's very clear in the word of God. Whenever it says that, whenever you read the word of God, it, it, it renews your mind. And so I knew that I had to get to that place. I just didn't really know how, and I thought I was doing everything right. And when I started to actually crack it open, read what it said, I, I can't even explain it to you other than I could literally physically feel the rewiring in my brain. And when that happened, I felt like open doors started happening that I knew only God could open. I could see how I would handle myself differently in certain situations, whether it was within marriage or whether it was within work or with my own children or friendships. I started seeing God just manifest himself within my life because of the relationship that I was having with him. And that in turn, he started to extract this insecurity in me. He started to extract any identity confusion. He started to extract anything in my heart or in my mind that just was not from him. And so I made a decision. I said, Lord, I want to live my life with such a greater purpose beyond myself to where I am going into every day knowing that you have a plan and purpose for me, but I just want to be a vessel. So whatever you got to do in order to clean this vessel out, in order for you to inhabit yourself within this vessel, I'm here for it. So now that I know that my purpose in this life is to love God, to love people and change the world, that's where my identity lies. And I feel like that's really what people need to get to in this place. I love that you just said that, like, and change the world. Cause I've been joking a lot with people lately. When I explain what I do, I'm like, I just want to change the world. That's it. Yeah. Change Truly. The world. 
I love that. I think it's really interesting. You say you were doing all the things, but then there was this one piece missing. And when you added that one piece, that was what made the shift. Yeah. What it is. It's just that one more step we're missing Mm -hmm. before we get to where we want to get. Right. And I agree with you. I heard a quote once that said, if you want to speak to God, you pray. If you want to hear his answers, you read the scriptures. That's right. And that's right. I have found that to be true. You got to say your thing and then you got to yes right and wiring of the brain I I personally have experienced that too and so I I often tell people you have to read sacred text I don't know what that is for other people but I know for me it is scriptures I'm Christian yes well and so but it does it rewires your brain and it exposes you to people's lives and how they navigate and it helps put things in perspective Mm -hmm. like oh maybe this thing I'm dealing with long-term isn't that big of a deal or maybe it is and that's why I'm feeling it helps that perspective shift Mm -hmm. it's good for you yes love I think that's the other thing is the love yes from reading it oh my gosh and I'm so glad you brought that up because that is so true I feel like so often in my life before I really started reading the word of God and reading what it said I feel like so often if I experienced hurt or if I experienced something within my life that uh, was really, really painful, or someone did me wrong, I would get very justified in my anger. I would get justified in the quote unquote boundaries that I would set, or not saying that they're not healthy, but so often the way that I would go about things was not the right way to go about things. Mm-hmm. And so I would justify my actions. I would justify my words. I would say, well, it's because of them that I'm this way, or it's because this happened that I'm this way. And when in reality, I had to just really look and, and say, you know what, I'm, I have this log in my eye and I'm looking in the plank in someone else's. Look at how often the Lord has forgiven me for stupid stuff that I've done. Look at how often the Lord has given me mercy and grace whenever I never deserved it. And so that is exactly what happened. I have had a, um, just in the past few years, my, my, uh, personal family, my, my parents, uh, my father left my, my mother. Um, it was a devastating situation. It caused a lot of turmoil within my family. Um, and there was a lot of friction between my siblings and my, my brother, especially. And I felt like I was justified in my anger towards my father. I was justified in my anger towards my brother for, you know, whatever I thought he was doing wrong or hurtful or whatever it was. And it, and it, it prohibited the love of God to, um, cause healing within our family. And I'm still praying for the salvation of my father. I'm still praying for restoration in that department. But in reading the word, what has happened with me is I have developed this overwhelming compassion for my brother and this overwhelming love for my brother that it's almost like I don't see my brother um, with the scales that I used to see him before with this, uh, with this hurt, with the scales of hurt, with the scales of judgment, with the scales of whatever it was that I perceived him as being. Um, And now I, it's like the Lord did, he removed these scales did like surgery on my eyes and surgery in my heart to where now I have this overwhelming compassion for my brother that when I started showing him that love and showing him that compassion, it has done so much in not only restoring our relationship, but I'm seeing that my actions in loving him is in turn allowing him to soften his heart and to change his life at the same time. I am watching before my eyes something that I thought was hopeless in the life of my brother, and he is now becoming the man that God designed him to be. 
And so I think that's so important for people to understand too, is yes, you might have people in your life, in your family, in your relationships, your friendships, it could even be your own spouse where they have really done you wrong. They've really hurt you. But if you can just focus on you, if you can just focus on your own heart and say, God, I want to see them the way you do, you would not believe the kind of change that happens. And it might be slow and it might be okay, but as long as your own heart is right, that is the main thing. And that is what will heal so many things and break down so many walls. I've seen it happen within my own eyes. And it's just something that I, I, I have to scream to the rooftops because it's, it's such a miracle in what love can do. Yeah. And I think that what you just described is the pinnacle of being fearless with your faith. Like, absolutely. I mean, being who you are in public and whatnot, is all great, but Mm -hmm. watching the relationships change and the freedom and relief that comes to your heart and Mm -hmm. mind when you're fully fearless with your faith, that is the real gift. Absolutely. And it can be scary. It can be so scary because you're afraid of being hurt again. You're afraid of being rejected. You're afraid of being talked bad about. You're afraid of so many things. And so in our own human mind, in our own human hearts, we're like, well, I just don't want to deal with that. Or I'm just going to treat them the way they treat me because do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it's a very twisted perception. And the mindset can be very damaging. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it, it really changes so much. But I also love what you're talking about. I, I joke a lot on, on the podcast that you always use the analogy of like, we don't need to give the middle finger to the world. Yeah, yeah. I feel totally. like there's this attitude out there and it's permeated the self-care, self-help world. Yes. Just be you and screw the world. And I, that attitude mm-hmm. feels yucky to me. I don't yes. like it. And I don't truly healthy people. I've been so blessed this last few years, especially to be around really healthy, strong women specifically, they don't have that attitude. They don't Mm -hmm. need to. They're just calm and confident in who they are. As you're talking about at the beginning, their divine identity, they're good with that. And so because Mm -hmm. of that, they don't have to say, screw the world. They can just say, world, you do you and I'll do me and we're good. Hey, 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 y'all know I do not ever do ads. So if I'm doing an ad, there's a reason. The thing is, is when you know who you are, you know where you're going, you know your purpose in life, I firmly believe that it is your responsibility to go out and do it. Almost all of us have a message that we're supposed to share with friends, neighbors, coworkers, and those around us. So to help you do that, I've created the Ready to Podcast digital course. It's eight modules. You can take it at your own time, but you'll start getting the modules the first week of January. And then every week after that, you get a new one. I have coached so many people and gotten their voice out into the world that it made sense to make it a little more accessible and that something you could do at your own pace. So if you're interested in that, go to the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com. Use the code Merry Christmas to get a massive discount. And I can't wait to hear what you create. Right, right. And that's not the way that the Lord designed humans to be in their relationships with each other. I saw this really cool uh, quote the other day that really hit me hard. And I've never thought of it this way, but it said, Satan doesn't want you to believe in God. What he wants you to do is believe in yourself. 
And it really hit me really funny because it's like, well, what's wrong in believing with yourself and yourself? What's wrong? What's wrong with that? I mean, you're supposed to have some sort of self-confidence, but then it did, it dawned on me. We are in a, an age and we're in it almost like our own generation. And we're being preached this idea of, you know, self-care, self, this self, self, self. And really that's, that is what the enemy wants. He wants us to be so self-absorbed and so involved in our own truth which our, our truth isn't necessarily the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth is found in the word of God and the truth is found in Christ Jesus. But the enemy wants us to be so just right here within our own parameters and just so focused on self, self, self. That is exactly what got the enemy kicked out of heaven. He was so into himself and so thinking he was all that and so only focused on what can everyone do for me and I deserve this that it got his butt kicked out. And it really hit me hard to the point to where I was like, you know what? No wonder we are in the most mentally unstable and insecure generation of, I feel like the history of the world. I mean, of course I haven't been alive throughout the whole entire history of the world, but I will say that over my just short 33 years of living, I have never seen such self-absorption and also such mental instability in my entire life. And I feel like it's because the enemy wants so badly for us to stay right here, stay within our own little self and not think outside and not think about others and not think about what the Lord can do in us. Because whenever we allow ourselves to die, to die to ourself, which the scripture is so clear. No, you die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, it allows the Lord to come in and it allows the Lord to do great and mighty things that you could never do on your own. And so that I feel like is such a stumbling block right now. If we could just die to ourselves and yes, of course, take care of our temple, work out, eat healthy, eat clean, you know, be, be respectful to other people. And yes, sure. Don't allow people to treat you badly, but only respond in love. That'll change the world. That'll change everything. When you say die to yourself, I think of ego. Like that mm. is, the, it's the release of ego is what that yeah. is. And mm -hmm. when you release your ego and it's not about you and self-serving, then mm. it changes everything. Yes. And, and yes, we're going to love ourselves because the scripture love others is you love yourself. Like sure. Yeah. yeah. The assumption that we should love ourselves. Absolutely. Spiritual level. And, mm -hmm. and it, there's this whole different world way of being. And it, it is, I just, I really think emotional intelligence, emotional resilience are, are at an all time low. And yeah. every time I learned about emotional intelligence. So first you have emotional resilience, which is how you handle mm -hmm. And when you live fearless in your faith, mm -hmm. honestly, those who are fearless in their faith have strong emotional resilience. Yes, they do. They release the outcome mm -hmm. and understand that life is bigger than this moment. And so yeah. the resilience skyrockets, right? Yes. Emotional intelligence follows that. And mm -hmm. I remember the first time learning about emotional intelligence as a spiritual person, I was in a corporate world mm -hmm. and they brought in an expert and we had a little class on emotional intelligence. And I was like, Oh, this is living by the spirit. Mm, yes. Like, oh, but to do that, you have to have some emotional resilience. So you have mm -hmm. to trust first. You have to release first. So mm -hmm. then you can tap in to those emotions and feelings and really serve people the way that actually serves them and mm -hmm. your family. Right, right. That so is it's so like, good. It's, like a, it's a process. And I agree with you. If yeah. we put in this little box where all we see 
is our own little whatever mm-hmm. all the rest is gone and we're not yeah, yeah. your perception becomes your reality your perception totally becomes your reality and if your perception is whack and if your perception is off then reality is going to just start crumbling and it's going to go into shambles and you're not going to know why but whenever you really root yourself into the word of God and you start to renew your mind, your perception starts to change. And then you start to see reality for the way it is. And then healing starts to happen. That's when true healing starts to happen. So yeah, I feel like there is no amount of outside help that can renew your mind and your heart the way the word of God can and the way that the Lord can. There's just not. Now, I do believe in that. I believe in uh, counseling. I believe in therapy. I believe in um, you know, interventions to help, uh, with certain situations. But I also believe that I ha- I serve a miracle working God and he can do so much more than anyone else can. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you. I think, um, I mean, I believe in all the things and I've done all the things, Yeah. but I know the thing that has changed me the most. Absolutely. In my faith. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, like you said, that my mind has become totally changed and my mm-hmm. mindset shifted. I talk a lot about fresh views and the strong and capable. That's what it is. It's a shift. A mm-hmm. shift. And usually it's uh, God that gives those. Absolutely. That's so cool. It is cool. Okay. So if someone is like, this is so nice, ladies, that's so nice, <laughs> but life sucks. And I don't know. <laughs> where do they start? I mean, so yeah. So there's the word, right? Like open up, open it up. Like, yes, it open. Uh What else? What else helps? What are the little things? Right. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's very easy for us to think that it's very easy for us to think because we're the ones experiencing it. And because we're the ones in the moment and really no one else is in this body. No one else is in this moment. No one else is really feeling the things that we are feeling. It is very easy for us to think I have it worse than anyone else because no one understands how this feels. No one understands this pain. No one understands this hurt. And so that, that is a very human and normal thing to feel. And so I feel like for a a long time, that's how I felt. I feel like nobody understood. This is worse than everyone else. No one can compare. I have it worse, this and that. So it, what it did was it kind of launched me into this victim mentality to where every little thing that would happen would trigger me in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was, yes, whenever I started to read the word of God and read, um, certain passages about Job and the horrible things that he went through or Tamar and the, the rape that she had to endure by a family member or all of these, or, or even Esther, where her entire family was literally going to be slaughtered. Can you imagine the stress? Like all these things and all of these, um, you know, examples that God purposefully put in the word of God for us to realize our life might not be as bad as we think. There are people that have gone through horrible, horrible things. And look what God did in, because of the position of their heart, look what God did in order to restore and to preserve their life and also to allow their life to be a living testimony and to make such a massive difference in the world, despite their circumstances. The, the word is very clear too, whenever it talks about how even in the midst of your circumstances, praise him and give thanks in all circumstances. And so I would sit there and I would think, why the heck would I thank God for this? Why the heck would I praise him for this, this absolute insanity? There is nothing to be grateful for in this situation. So I'm not going to do it. I am going to wait until he shows up 
and does me right. I'm going to wait until he decides that he's going to correct all this stuff in my life. And then maybe I'll go ahead and pursue my relationship with him again. He's sitting there and he's watching me have this tantrum, right? Watching me. And yet he, all he wanted to do was sit there and hold me. And I did not, I didn't even understand that. I didn't understand that his arms would ache to hold me. His, he, he, all he wanted to do is just to love on me and say, honey, I just want you to understand who you are in me and what I want to do through this situation. And opening the word of God did do that for me. I was able to, again, rewire my brain. And then there was also so many opportunities for me to be around people who I would hear their testimony and women of God who have mentored me and have poured into my life and hearing the grotesque, awful, insane things that they would go through. And I would make, it would really kind of give me a perspective and make me sit back and think, oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> I'm being a brat. <laughs> my life really isn't as bad as I thought. And it wasn't necessarily me comparing my life and thinking, oh, I have it better than this person. But really it was just a, it was a, it was a way for me to snap my perception back into a reality of, you know what? Everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through heartache. Everybody goes through pain. Everybody goes through seasons. And it's, it's a season. Again, this is a season. Whatever you guys are going through right now, it's not going to last forever. There's no way that it can last forever. That's why seasons are there. That's why winter comes and then spring comes and summer comes and fall comes. There are seasons of our life where things are really tough and they really suck. And then there's other seasons where things are really great, but you can't also, whenever things start to smooth out, you can't sit there and anticipate for the next bad thing to happen. You have to sit there in the middle of your grief, in the middle of your pain, or in the middle of your praise, in the middle of the, the beautiful things that are happening in your life, and do those two things, give thanks in all circumstances, and praise him in all circumstances. And when that happens, he's allowed to move in ways that you could not simply do on your own. So I had to learn that for myself too. I'm like, girlfriend, get over yourself. Your life is not as bad as you think, and God will turn all of this for good eventually, as long as the position of your heart is okay. As long as the position of your heart is so madly and deeply in love with him, you'll get to a place where you trust that he's going to take care of it. And that's where I'm at now. And it's been so freeing. Mm. I love that. It's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom. Um, yeah. So, so interesting because we are very much in alignment with how we think and how we yeah. look at life. And I think that that's kind of true. Spiritual, mm -hmm. I've learned being, especially being exposed to so many, again, so many, these incredible women is right. that in the end, the truth is the truth. There yeah. are universal truths. Mm -hmm. When you release and give yourself over to a higher divine power, mm -hmm. freedom comes like that's truth. When you actually read sacred texts that your mind is rewired, like you said, that is true. Yeah. It's, it's just, it just seems so simple. And it seems like, oh, that's all you have to do. Well, that sounds too simple. And that sounds, because it sounds too simple, I'm not even going to try that. It should be way more complicated than this because my situation is complicated. My situation is really tough. So it can't be that easy. It can't be that simple when really it is. Surrender is the most difficult thing for the human being, for human nature to do is to surrender because we are, we're taught to do it on your own. Believe in yourself, self this, self that, self this, self that. And that will get you nowhere. It'll get you nowhere. So I get it. I get what you mean.
I, I agree with you. And I think the perspective of seeing other people, I heard this quote once, if you're all sitting at a table and you had a deck of cards with all your struggles on it and mm-hmm. you laid them down, you're like, you're going to go exchange them. Everyone would actually choose to pick back up their own cards. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, actually I'll just take my own. Yeah. We, we all have our own struggles and they are all unique, but the mm-hmm. probably the most humbling thing about becoming a speaker and being on a lot of stages and interacting with other amazing speakers mm-hmm. is that actually struggle is universal we all struggle and so me struggling isn't unique it's just part of being human and exactly once you can let go of that and be a little more humble there it it opens up the door for okay so if everybody struggles and I'm not that special here yes you know like you said then what is special about me what is my divine mission and purpose and then what am Mm -hmm. I supposed to do um, I was talking with a client a few weeks ago. I used the term divine identity. And mm-hmm. she said, talk to me more about that. What's divine identity? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of in the moment, I'm still working around the words to it, but I, I told her, I said, so all your jobs you've ever had, your mom, you work at this store, you like glitter, you hate rap music, like whatever you are. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. All, yeah. All these little things that like, when people say, who are you? And you would name them off mm-hmm. those things. Um, I said, it's like a Picasso painting. Yeah. It's not crazy. And some things are bigger than others. And Picasso is like one of those things you, you got to be unique to appreciate the art yeah. there. So, sure. so it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel symmetrical and peaceful and happy. Mm-hmm. Your identity though, is how you're actually associated with God. Who mm-hmm. are you? You know, like, what does that look like? How does he view you? What is yeah. your purpose here? Divine identity, like I always just feel like rooted, all of a sudden rooted and I stand tall. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, so much purpose here and depth. And it's exciting. This feels very symmetrical. Yeah. It's because it's real. The other thing is just the identity of the world. And sure. that, that changes all the time and it shifts. And so people keep trying to create a foundation on that, but they can't because mm-hmm. it's always shifting. It's always yes. Shifting. But yes, your identity roots you and empowers you. And then you can go forward in the world with confidence. So I love that yes. you're bringing up that. So yeah. really important for people to understand and dig into. Yes, I love that too. Yeah, and it's, I feel like an authentic delight in the things of the Lord will allow that divine identity to enter in. Because, and that that is a verse to stand on is when it says to delight yourself in the Lord, where you literally get excited to spend time with him and to read the delight yourself in the things of the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. If the desire of your heart has been placed in there, it hasn't been placed in there just because he's mean. He places desires in your heart in order to fulfill those desires somehow, some way. And all these dreams that you have and all these ambitions that you have, he didn't put them in there in order for you to feel those things and want those things. And then ultimately, you know, it not happened for you. No, he wants them to happen for you. Those dreams that you've had since a little girl or those gifts and talents that he has given you, it's been a gift for a reason. But when you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart, AKA they will come into fruition. So whenever you, whenever I've finally got to that place in my life where I'm like, okay, I surrender. I I lift my hands. I, whatever, whatever you want to do with me, just do it. Okay. Just do it. That's when I started seeing the desires of my heart start to literally come in droves to the point where I'm like, I don't know if I can handle all this. Like, I don't even know what more, how much more I can take. This is wonderful, but 
I mean, do I deserve it? Like, I don't, I don't know. So, but that was the, that was the key. Yeah. The divine identity comes with in hand in hand with an authentic delight mm-hmm. in the things of God. And then all of a sudden doors start to open. It's the craziest, most unbelievably awesome thing. I really, really love that. And it brought to mind a specific example in my life. And I'm sure it would be fun to hear some of yours. Yeah. My husband and I were in a situation and he was doing everything he could and I was doing everything I could, but nothing was coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so frustrated. It was in business, right? Yeah. Nothing's happening and I'm doing everything I can. And one night he rolled over. He's like, Bridget, I'm tapped out. It's all like, it's on you. I'm yeah. done. I've done what I can do. I'm tapped out. I cannot give any more this has to be on your shoulders this time. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember rolling over and the weight just like almost suffocating and cry, just tears streaming down my face and thinking, yes, I don't think I'm actually capable of this. And then the next thought was, you don't have to be. Mm. And I literally like physically released. I was like, nope, here you yep. go. It's on you. The next morning I woke up and miracle after miracle after miracle happened in my business. They just like poured in these clients out of nowhere. were just showing up. And I was like, yes. Oh, yes. The problem was me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that new Taylor Swift song. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yes. 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 It's a hard place to get to because that does require us to lay down our pride. And when humility starts to come in place of pride, it's amazing what the favor of God will do whenever you walk in humility, instead of this idea of I'm doing everything on my own and I can do this and, but it's not working for me. And and it's, it is, it's true. Whenever true humility enters in, which really only comes again, and I'm going to keep drilling this in everybody's brain. True humility comes whenever you read the word of God, whenever you saturate (laughs) yourself with the word of God, I will say it until I'm blue in the face, but it is so true. It is so true living on your own strength and thinking that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And yet you're hitting all these brick walls. That's because pride is coming in place of what maybe God wants to do through you. So I get it. Yes, I absolutely get it. I feel like I, uh, you know, and obedience comes with that too. And sometimes obedience is a very hard and scary thing to do. And for me, um, I remember, you know, I I've always loved video creating. I've loved speaking. I've loved uh, you know, being on stage and doing all these fun things. I, that's how I've been since I was a very little girl. So it was always a passion of mine. And, and I did news for a while and I did all these fun things. And, and then uh, when I got married and I moved uh, out of town from where my job was, from where my news, news job was and started having kids, I kind of felt a little bit of a loss of, of, of identity in that I was like, gosh, I know what I love to do, but what I'm doing right now really isn't it. And so I did, I started tapping into social media and I really felt like, okay, this, this is what God wants me to do. I, it really lines up with all of the gifts that I have. It lines up with the desires of my heart, with the dreams and the goals and the ambitions I have. So let me pursue this. And so I knew it was what I was supposed to pursue, but what I didn't know was it took a moment of very scary obedience in order to see a massive explosion in the platform itself. And so what that was for me was whenever Roe v. Wade overturned and what happened was, and of course I, I believe in life at conception. I do. And I really felt the Lord impressing it upon me to make 
uh, humorous, but yet uh, very grateful, real about how now millions of babies are gonna be saved. And so I, when I did that um, and did this real, I was attacked so viciously and so severely by so many people that had been following me or so many people that um, might have shared this video and out of the woodworks would come all these horribly vicious people and say horrible things and death threats against my family and, and all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I do that? Why did I open my mouth? Why did I post that? Like that was probably the, the stupidest thing I've ever done. God, I thought you told me to be bold about that. I thought that's what you said, but maybe I was wrong. And now I'm an idiot. And now I'm going to lose my entire platform because of it. Instagram's going to ban me. I don't know. Like I started thinking that the world was going to completely fall apart because of my obedience. And so it almost put me in a place where I was just like, geez, like, gosh, is obeying God really that worth it? Is it this worth it? And this was my livelihood at this point. And so at that point, I think there, I went from like maybe 47,000 followers and it dropped down significantly. Thousands of people left. Um, I even got a package in the mail. I don't know how in the world they got my address, but I got a package in the mail that, and it was like a really cute little flowery box. And, and I get packages all the time, and, but I opened it and it was, <laughs> this is kind of funny now that I talk about it, but it was a piece of chocolate in the shape of a penis, of a man's penis. And it said something very explicit on it, attacking me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, now I'm in danger. Like people know my address now and they're sending yeah. me penises. Like this is insane. And so it was, it was like, God, I mean, my goodness. And it, it was so clear. He spoke to me, he said, let me take care of it. And so I did. I went on, I, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to surrender this to you. I did this out of obedience, but it doesn't look like it's working out for me very well. And so I, I went into my uh, Instagram stories and I said, look, guys, I said, my fear of God will always supersede any shallow fear of losing followers. I, I don't think that you understand how followers is not my identity. My platform is not my identity. My identity is who I am in Christ Jesus and being obedient to him. And that's pretty much it. And you can love me for it or you can hate me for it. But that's where I'm at at this point in my life. And I'm okay with that. And I talked about this uh, a little bit further in a reel and talked about my experience of what had happened. And all of the sudden, people started coming in from the droves. I mean, 10,000 more people here, 20,000 more people here. It was almost like the Lord said, you know what? I told you I was going to take care of it. So all those people that were so ugly to you, all those people that left, I'm not only going to replace them with my people who have a heart for me, but also people that will love you and will pray for you and will be there for you and will support you in everything that I tell you to do. And that's what he did. And it went from like 41,000 or 42,000 to now I'm almost at 150,000 in just a time span of a few months. And so that's when I know, you know what? Okay, Lord, again, you have put desires in my heart. You have put me on this planet for a very specific purpose. I believe I'm in that place, but I know that I'm not going to further your kingdom unless I walk in humility and total obedience, no matter how scary that might be. And I'm watching him do it. And I'm watching him do things so far greater than I could have ever done on my own. 
So it's true when you talk about humility, humility is everything and obedience is everything. Obedience is everything. And what you went through, I call them Abrahamic moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're being asked to that altar with the sacrifice you don't want to give. Yeah. But the miracle happens afterwards. And yeah, that, that is so beautiful and, and mm-hmm. so cool. And I think just along lines of like, that story is so inspiring. So to anyone listening, I just want to also note, a, you got to move forward with what you feel called to do. You have to, you have to, have to, have to, that's how mm-hmm. you, but B, a lot of times we think that nobody knows what we're supposed to do, that we're like, you know, like for me, I'm all about God and, but I don't often talk about it on my social media, not because mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed or anything, just because I'm emotional resilience and I'm trying to reach this greater audience, blah, 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 blah. Right. There's all these things. Right. But what was funny about it, I remember like a year ago, I was in a class and it went, it took a super spiritual turn because I do a lot mm-hmm. of coaching in my classes and it went super spiritual. And we just had this incredible class. And at the end of it, I thank them as like, ladies, I don't often get to coach spiritually. And this has been incredible. Thank you Mm. so much. You know, I said, I don't always talk about the fact that I'm Christian. And one of the cute ladies, oh, Bridget, we know. (laughs) Oh, like funny. Like she meant like, we know you're Christian. Like we know you are. And I thought how funny, because in our minds, we think we might be hiding these things or like softening them down. So it's more acceptable to other people, but it's, and smart they know yes. exactly who you are yes so yes if you're trying to hide because you think it's gonna actually help somehow that's silly people yeah. already have. and so since that time I haven't worried about it as much right I haven't stressed about it or I go well, if they already know why am I being careful <laughs> I know oh my gosh <laughs> obviously I'm not that sneaky <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it was really sweet and really cute. And so I just think if you're scared, stop being scared because people already know yeah. whatever. Oh yeah. Doing, they already see it. They already know. So mm-hmm. just go for it. Yes. Well, and especially in a world where, you know, talking about the things of the Lord is so mocked and it's so ridiculed and the persecution is real. Um, you know, I've never, I've never seen it this, this vicious against the body of Christ yeah. and I think that there are so many more people in spite of that out there that are so hungry for a truth like that. They're so hungry for the truth and they're so hungry for something that they can't really put their finger on. And you might be the one to open that door. You might be the one where God put you on this planet to minister to that one person that I could never reach. I could never reach that person, but you could. And so you being obedient and opening your mouth and talking about what the Lord has done in your life and loving people in that aspect, it, it, it's so much greater than just you. And it's so much greater than your fears. Mm-hmm. And God really wants to minister to you in that way and to show you that you are so unique and you're so special and you have a reach that is so massive and so powerful that you will never understand. But doing that um, in humility and out of pure fearless obedience is what the key is going to be. There's this quote I love when I do this fresh view thing I was talking about. Whenever I teach this class, there's this quote I love because I had a lot of fears about showing up to my very first class I ever taught of this. So I use my example as like the examples we're working through how to, this workshop. Mm-hmm. And when you rewrite a fresh view, you have to give your brain evidence mm-hmm. of support the new view. And so scriptures are great evidence because they're truth, right? Yeah. 
but this other, I, I always say, I love the scriptures and Pinterest. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Those are my two sources of goodness, but on Pinterest, yeah. I found this quote and it said, you know, your life may be the only Bible anyone ever reads. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was really impactful. That's exactly yeah. what you just said. You never know how you're living fearlessly, how you're embracing the spirit and spirituality that might be the only thing people have. As you said, there's a void there and so many people are trying to fill it. And if you're stepping in and living fearlessly, that might be the thing that helps them find it for themselves. So it's so important. So Mm. yes, I love that so much. That's so awesome. Well, Hannah, I have loved talking with you so much, so serious, but so real and so (laughs) truthful. Um, how can people find you? Cause they're going to want to follow you. You're just oh my gosh. a ray of light. Oh, thank you. Yes. You can find me at hannahcruz.blog on Instagram and TikTok. I really mainly post a lot of Christian humor on there. A lot of things that I find that I find hilarious or I'll do plenty hilarious videos. So it might feel like a little bit of a different side of me outside of this serious, like <laughs> super, like hyper spiritual side that I've shown today. But it is, that's also a part of me. I really feel like if we just lighten up because there is so much joy in Jesus, there is so much freedom in living that way too. And so that is the kind of things that I post. I love talking to people. I love interacting on my stories and direct messages. So please come, please chat and let's hang and let's just love on each other the way that Jesus would too. Yep. And I will put all that, of course, in the show notes for you. So you can go find her. I follow her on Instagram. So you can also find her through me and I'll repost and tag her with, when this airs. So you'll be able to follow, they'll be able to find it easy. We'll make it easy. Yeehaw. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah, for coming on today. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. So I love connecting with you. Come find me on Instagram at Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. And of course, the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com. Now, if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level, you can hire me as your coach, join me in the Queen's Circle, which meets monthly, or invite me to speak at your events. And please don't forget, friend, you are strong and capable. <laughs>